Good morning, church. It is always a pleasure <clears throat> to be before my brothers and sisters of the Garden Church and its many visitors who bless us with their presence uh, each Sunday. <clears throat> I'm truly honored uh, to be a vessel of the Lord today. So uh, let us open up in a word of prayer, and then uh, we will get into the message. Father God, we thank you for your amazing grace as the song we just sung. Lord, where will we be without your grace? For those who are in Christ Jesus, Lord God, we never have to find that out. So, Lord God, we pray right now, Lord God, that you will speak to your people, Lord God, the saved and the unsaved. We pray, Lord God, that your word will go forth as you have intended it to go forth, Lord God, and that it will be a blessing to all those whose ears receive it. We honor you. We give you glory and praise for this day belongs to you, Lord God, and every breath that we breathe, Lord God, is because of you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Garden Church, it has uh, <clears throat> been a while since I've been before you, but I always chomp at the bit to, uh, to bring forth the word uh, to my home church. I thank you again for the elders uh, who faithfully lead us uh, for trusting me uh, to bring forth the word. <clears throat> so this morning, I want to ask you to open your Bibles to Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. Again, that's Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. All those who have it, I want to ask that you stand as we uh, honor and reverence the Word of God. Just say amen once you have it. Amen. amen. Again, Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. It reads, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus sent him away at once with Don't tell this to anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet, the people still came to him from everywhere. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. The title of uh, my text this morning is, Jesus is Willing. Jesus is Willing. To get into a little context about the book, of Mark and, and what Mark, how Mark tells this, the stories of Jesus. 
in this particular gospel. You see, Mark tells a dramatic action-packed story. He gives us the most vivid account of Christ's activities. See, Mark features facts and action rather than teaching. Here we see Jesus as he begins his ministry in Galilee. When Jesus came from his home in Nazareth to begin his ministry, he first took two steps in preparation. First, baptism by John in the Jordan River. And second, he was tempted by Satan in a rough Judean desert. After the temptations, Jesus returned to Galilee to begin his ministry. See, why was this important for Jesus to begin his ministry with these two steps? The simple and correct answer was to identify with our humanness. You see, Jesus was baptized, not because he was saved from his sin, because we all know he was sinless. It was because he first wanted to begin his mission to bring the message of salvation to all people. Secondly, he wanted to show support for John's ministry. Third, to identify with our humanness. And fourth, to give us an example to follow. See, Jesus had to endure Satan's temptations. Although Jesus is God, he is also man. And as fully man, he was not exempt from Satan's attacks because Jesus faced temptations and overcame them. He showed us we can too. You see, we have a Savior who knows just what we need because he went through the same experiences. See, the real value of a person is not what they look like on the outside. Although a person may be beaten down, broken, dirty, stained with disease or deformed, this person is no less valuable to God. No person is too dirty or disgusting, downtrodden or flawed for God to touch and clean. What God reveals to us through this passage of Scripture is that no matter how ugly your sin is, you can be cleansed. You can be forgiven. Praise God for the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. You see, uh, a woman once wrote that at a garage sale, she spotted a handsome antique copper kettle for only $2.50. We all know when we go to those uh, garage sales or yard sales, some of the, the fines we can have. I'm just waiting for the day I go to a garage sale and I find something and it's got a bag full of $100 bills in it. And I bought it for $2.50. I'm waiting for that day. Can't wait, boy. So, Somebody's going to slip up one day. Now, do I return the money? Well, let's see. If I pay for it, yeah, maybe we'll see about that. But you see, uh, 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 it was the, the kettle, the copper kettle was, was badly tarnished. So she asked the woman running the sale if the discoloration would come out. Uh, she cheerfully offered to try some copper cleaner on it and disappeared with it into the house. Reappearing with the gleaming kettle, she handed it to the buyer for inspection. It was indeed a more attractive item. Plus, it also had a new tag attached, like new 
$10. See, this is interesting. See, when the copper kettle first went on sale, its owner practically wanted to give it away. But something changed its worth. What made the kettle more valuable? It was a simple cleansing. You see, when the owner took the trouble to clean away the grime and remove the discoloration and the stains, it was worth four times as much. You see, almost everything is more valuable once it has been washed and cleaned up. And so it is with us. Now, uh, I am uh, uh, a, 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 just a hardcore Y'all know sneakerhead. I love sneakers. Like, it is ridiculous with me, right? Matter of fact, the day when I was trying to go back there to get some of the communion stuff, it was, we had a leak, and it was wet, and, 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 and uh, uh, some of the wall had fallen. It was nasty back there. So I tried to go back there and get it, and as I'm stepping in, I'm like, oh, whoa, wait a minute. Hold up. Hey, Mike, can you grab that for me? I don't want to get the J's messed up, bro. <laughs> so, so instead of say, when uh, I... I the, the value of my sneakers is important to me. I don't want to get them dirty or messed up or anything, right? Uh, 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 I actually uh, bought a, uh, a pair of, of sneakers one time for, uh, I got them for face value for $130, right? That's, that's pennies in the sneaker world. Now, I checked the value of those sneakers a few weeks ago the same pair that I bought for $130, those sneakers are now, now worth $800. I have more than, I have tripled the worth of the sneakers that I bought for face value, right? So, my thing is, is that those sneakers are worth that much if they are in pristine condition. The value drops or becomes, they come less valuable when they are dirty or stained. But that is not the case with us. You see, I believe that we are more valuable to God when we come to him broken, beaten, down, dirty, because he has what it takes to cleanse us. Right? Now, this passage of scripture about the leper is filled with so many good nuggets in truth. And as I was preparing to read, as I was studying this passage of scripture, God began to show me certain things that the leper asked. You see, I want to talk about... Uh, Three points really quickly because I know it's the 4th of July weekend and we want to get to our barbecues and enjoy family and friends and all of those good things that we, that we have to do. Uh, verse 40 says, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. That is the request. That's the request, right? I want to talk about the leper's request of Jesus. See, the leper's request, it was earnest 
and desperate. The leper was sincere and intense in his conviction to come to Jesus. You see, when sin becomes too much, we can earnestly seek and implore Christ. The leper knew this was too much for him to bear. You see, the weight of the weight of unconfessed sin in our lives is too much for us to bear. So, so we can come to God with an earnest request, with in all sincerity, to make us clean. The leper could not knew he could not clean himself, so he his he had a desperation to his request. The request was also reverent. It was a reverent request. It's pointed out in the verse that he came to him and begged him on his knees. The leper didn't come to Jesus with pride. He didn't come to Jesus standing before him. He didn't come to Jesus like, you're going to make me clean because because that's what I'm telling you to do. He, did, he came to Jesus on his knees, begging him. And sometimes our, the weight of our sin will allow us to fall upon our knees. And we can't walk up to God. We can only crawl to him in our desperation to be cleansed. The desperation of sin and the unbearable weight of our sin should make us come to Jesus in fear and in reverence. The request from the leper, it was humble and submissive. Humble and submissive. He said, if you are willing. See, the leper realized that he could not cure his own self. Just like we got to realize that we cannot forgive our own sin. Please understand this, church, believer and unbeliever. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot cleanse us from our sin. We cannot forgive our own transgression. There's only one who can do that. And his name is Jesus. The leper realized that he can't do this on his own. He can't cure his own leprosy. Instead, he humbly and with a submissive heart asked Jesus if you are willing. We have to know that we can't cleanse ourselves from sin. There is no power in us that can do that. The request of the leper, it was a believing request. He said, you can. The leper came to Jesus believing in his cleansing power. You see, we have to come to Jesus believing that he can save us. We have to come to Jesus knowing 
and putting our faith in the one who died on the cross, that he is the one that can save us from our sin. He is the one that can forgive us and cleanse us. It's his blood that can wash away my sin. We have to believe that. And the leper believed that because he said, you can. He didn't say, I heard that you can, or I don't know you might be able to, or he didn't say, I think you can. He said, you can. He came to Jesus already believing that he is the one. And as the leper came to Jesus, we must too come to Jesus. This is how we must come to Jesus, believing he can save us from our sin. And if you pay very closely attention to the text, he said, if you are willing, you can. He said, if you are willing, first. He didn't say you can if you are willing. He said, if you are willing, first. The leper did not doubt Jesus' power but he left room in his request for Jesus' will to be done. We have to come to Jesus and say, Lord, if it is your will, if you are willing, we have to leave room for Jesus' will in our request. Always pray if you are willing. And I think... Uh, Aiken, is that pronounced it correct? I believe he preached a sermon here regarding regarding the preaching on if you if you of Jesus if it's your will. And and I took that sermon one day and I realized I had to change. Sometimes in my prayers, I always sometimes I go to God just just asking, just asking. But after hearing that sermon, and I thank God for that sermon, I now begin to say, Lord, if it be your will, we have to leave room for God's will to be done. The request of the leper was specific in nature. It was specific. The leper said, make me clean. Notice the leper didn't say, Lord, if you are willing, bless me. That leaves room for all types of interpretation. Bless me. But he said, make me clean. The leper came to Jesus specifically to be cleansed from his disease. Sometimes we fall into that trap of just saying, Lord, bless me. Well, bless you with what? We, have, we can come to Jesus with specific requests. Matter of fact, he, he asked us to do that, to be specific in our request. And for the unbeliever, Lord, we, we, we don't want to say, Lord, just, just bless me. No, we have a specific request to be saved from our sin. Lord, I am a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I need your blood to wash my sin away. Lord, save me from my sin. Be specific in your request to God. 
Don't just say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Well, what did you do? Is it a sin of adultery? Is it a sin of fornication? Is it a sin of failing to love as you should? Lord, forgive me for lying. Forgive me for not loving my brother. Forgive me for turning my back on my brother. Forgive me for for, uh, falsely accusing my wife. Forgive me. Be specific in your request. Seek God's forgiveness specifically for what you have done. God wants us to be specific in our request. And the leper came to Jesus specifically for him to be made clean from his disease. The leper's request was personal. It was personal. The leper didn't come to Jesus saying, Lord, make me and all my other friend, leper friends clean. He didn't, he didn't come to me and say, Lord, uh, uh, I got, I got my, my, my brothers and sisters uh, who, 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 need, who need cleansing. It was a personal request. How many of us have a personal relationship with God? So that means if we have a personal relationship with God, we can make our request personal. The leper came to Jesus for himself to be cleansed of leprosy. He said in the passage, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Me Our first inclination to come to Jesus for salvation should always be for ourselves first. Then we can show others the saving power of Jesus and make the request for our family and friends. What's the old scripture that says, uh, or the old song that says, It's not my father, it's not my father or my mother, but it's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my sister or my brother, but it's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's nothing wrong with praying for your family and friends. Don't get me wrong. It's nothing wrong with asking for salvation for your family and friends. But first, shouldn't you know what the salvation of Jesus Christ looks like? How many of you all take flew on airplanes before. I'm pretty sure a good number of you. They always say on the plane uh, that uh, if, if, if something goes wrong and the oxygen mass come down, that the parent or the guardian should put theirs on first before they put it on a child. Why is that? Because if you're not well, then you can't take care of the child. If you put it on the child first and you passed out, then the child is left all by themselves. So it's your personal. Salvation should belong and can belong to you. To you. Salvation belongs to you if you're willing to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and earnestly seek his forgiveness for your sin. There is no sin that you have done that God cannot and will not forgive. 
Know him for yourself personally. And then you can begin to pray for your family members earnestly. Intercessory prayer. That's a good thing because God intercedes for us. So, yes, we can intercede for others, but pray for yourself as well. Pray for your forgiveness. So we looked at the request of the leper. We see that the request uh, was, was indeed, uh, oh, please forgive me, I'm losing. The request was indeed an uh, earnest request. It was a humble and submissive request. It was believing. Uh, it, was, uh, it was specific. His request was personal. And all of that was in that one verse. Can you see how the leper came to Jesus? So now, since we talk about the request, Jesus did give a response. There is an answer from the Almighty God. The answer is found in verses 41 and 42. Jesus said, Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Jesus said, I am willing. He said, be clean. Immediately. Not two hours later. Not next week. But immediately. The leprosy left him and he was cured. You see, Jesus was moved in the answer. Jesus' answer was moved with compassion. Jesus has a heart filled with compassion for the unclean, for the sinner whose heart is stained. Jesus loves you. He has a compassion for you. See, the world may see you differently, but Jesus sees you with compassion. He gave his life for you, for all those who will call upon his name. He has a compassion for the unclean and the sinner whose heart is stained. Jesus saw what it took for the man to come to him and all that he had been through, and it filled his heart with compassion. Jesus has compassion on the broken and hurting. Just like brothers and sisters, we touch, we should as well. We should have compassion on each other. We should have compassion for the broken, the downtrodden, the hurting. We should have a compassion like Christ has a compassion. Can we die for them? No. But can we encourage them? Yes. Can we encourage one another? Yes. Can we uplift one another? Yes. Can we pray for one, one another? Yes. Can we feed one another? Yes. Can I have compassion on my brother or my sister when they're hurting? Yes. We are called to do so. As you see in verse 41, 
along with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. You see, there's one thing to have compassion. I can have compassion on my brother. I feel sorry for you. I'm going to pray for you. But what are you going to do about it? If you have the ability to do something, to help do something, we see Jesus not only having compassion, but taking action on his compassion. He said, Jesus, the scripture said he reached out his hand. Jesus didn't just say, I feel sorry for you. I'm going to see what I can do. No, the leper came to Jesus who the, the, to the one person who can do something. And Jesus took action. He reached out his hand and touched the man. If you have an ability, brothers and sisters, to help, help. It's good to pray, yes. But God gives certain uh, 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 people the ability to help. He gives certain people the time to help, the finances to help. Yes, those are Compassion is good, but it's even better if you take action on it, as Jesus did. You see, he stretched out his hand and touched him. Just think of the hand of God stretched forth in answer to your humble and believing prayer. Imagine the hand of God stretching forth and answering your prayer. The scripture says he touched the man. Remember, the man had leprosy. He touched him. Under the law, under the law, the Mosaic law we're talking about here, the law, under the law, a person became ceremonial unclean when touched by a leper. Also, there was the course of the danger of contracting the disease itself. <laughs> but the Holy Son of Man identified himself with the miseries of mankind, dispelling the ravages of sin without being tainted by sin. See, Jesus touched the man, but did not contract the disease. See, Jesus can touch and cleanse our sin without being tainted by it because he is holy and perfect. This is my favorite part. When, I, when, when, when God revealed to me this in Scripture in my study, I just ran around my, 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 my area in my home. I, I, I called my mother. I said, Lord, Mom, you won't believe. I, I ran up there to talk to my wife. Uh, I just like, you won't believe what the Spirit of the Lord just showed me in this passage of Scripture. You see, under Mosaic law, under Mosaic law, touching a leper was an act that brought defilement. See, Jesus' compassion superseded ceremonial law. Just like grace supersedes the law. Amen? Do you get the connection? Grace 
supersedes the law. See, the law only shows you your sin, right? But grace saves you from your sin. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. The law shows you your sin. But the grace of God through his son, Jesus Christ, saves you from your sin. Unbeliever, you can be saved today. Believer, rejoice in the grace of God. Always remember the grace of God upon your life and the faith that he gave you to be saved, to believe. Jesus said, I am willing. Jesus is more willing to heal than we are to be healed. Jesus is more willing to forgive than we are to be forgiven. Jesus said, I am willing. How many times did Jesus, was Jesus willing to do something for us? Scripture is filled with what Jesus was willing to do. I'm just going to go over a few real quick. Jesus was willing to leave his heavenly throne and come to earth and have his glory veiled. That's found in John 17, 5. Jesus said he was willing to put on human flesh and be subjected to its sicknesses and weaknesses. That's in Philippians 2, 6 and 7. Jesus was willing to be beaten and spat upon, to be whipped, to have his back broken open for you and me. He was willing to do that. That's in Matthew 27, 30. Jesus was willing to suffer ridicule and mocking. This is the Son of God. Jesus was willing to die on a cross and take the full wrath of God and to submit to the will of the Father. As Joel said, he just didn't take a sip of the cup. He took the whole cup. He drowned it. Every last drop of the wrath of God he did for me. He did for you. He was willing to do this. Jesus was willing to become our substitute. The wrath that we were supposed to take, he took on the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.21. That's the doctrine of substitution for all those theologians out there. What was Jesus willing to do? Jesus said, I am willing. He's willing to forgive you for your sin. If you humbly and earnestly come to him, knowing that you are a sinner, he's willing to forgive. Then Jesus said, be cleansed. Be cleansed. In an instant, the skin of the leper was smooth and clean. You see that in in verse 41 when he said, uh, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. 
Brothers and sisters, salvation is not a process. It is an instant. Salvation is not a process. It is an instant. When we come to Jesus earnestly for the forgiveness of our sins, Jesus doesn't give us an application and say, fill this out. I'm going to reveal it and I'm going to get back to you. I'm going to see how you live first for these few. I'm going to give you a 90-day trial period before I thought I think I'm going to save you or not. It's an instant. Salvation doesn't come three hours later. It comes in an instant. There is no process that we have to go through to be saved. We must have the faith to believe that Jesus can wash away the guilty stains of our sin from our heart. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The process that comes after salvation and justification, because they both go hand in hand, is sanctification. That is something that all believers in Christ are still going through right now. Salvation is in an instant and justification is in an instant. We are, once we are saved uh, by Jesus Christ, in an instant we are then justified in the eyes of God through his son, Jesus Christ. So we see the, we see the request we see the answer, and in my final point, get this, we see the disobedience of the leper. You see, you see there's, the, there's a disobedience in the leper. You see, verse 43 and 45 reads, says, Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See, see that you don't tell this to anyone but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony instead instead he went out and began to talk freely spreading the news I'm going to stop right there because most people will think well ain't that a good thing he got saved. He got cleansed. So you want to run out and just tell everybody the good news. This past week, a Nike store opened up uh, 15 minutes from my house, and I'm telling everybody. Oh, hey, boy, hey, dude, Nike clearance store. They got good prices. I done been up there five. The store been open for seven days. I've been up there five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a problem. But I'm, I'm telling everybody, hey. I'm telling you, when there's good news, I'm telling you. And that's what most people have think, that when something good happens in your life, hey, I've been cured from cancer. I'm calling everybody. I'm telling everybody the good news. I've been saved from my sin through Jesus Christ. Yes, I'm going to go spread the good news of the salvation of the Lord. Yes, that is a good thing. But in this instant, Jesus specifically gave the man a command that he did not follow. And Jesus, and this is, there are two reasons that he gave him this instruction. See, in, when, when, when it's children of God, obedience to God, 
is what he desires. Obedience. Follow his word. Follow his command. And we will enjoy a life beyond our wildest dreams. When you follow the command and be obedient to his word. The two reasons Jesus gave the man instructions after cleansing him was Jesus forbade publicizing the miracle until first the man had appeared before the priest and had made the required offering. See, according to Old Testament law, laws about leprosy, when a leper was cured, he or she had to go to the priest to be examined. Jesus adhered to these laws by sending the man to the priest, demonstrating Jesus' complete in regard for God's law. The time had not yet come when we would no longer need to have a priest say we are clean. Jesus had not yet died on the cross yet. So Jesus was still adhering to the law of God. He was being obedient to the law of God. It's important to know that that time had not yet come. See, there will come a, that did come a time where we no longer have to be deemed uh, 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 cleansed by a priest. See, we have a priest who is sitting on the right hand of God who deemed us clean by our belief and faith in him. Jesus went to die on the cross. So remember, on that day when he died on the cross, God tore that curtain from top to bottom, meaning that we no longer had to, to go to be forgiven for our sins to a priest. We can go right to the throne of God himself. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus made a way for us to go right to God. But that time had not yet come yet. So Jesus, being who he was, still told the leper, hey, go do the right thing. Follow the rules. You see, Jesus tested the man's obedience. Would he do it? as Jesus commanded him to do, he did not. He publicized his case, and as a result, he hindered the work of the Lord. In verse 45, instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. The leper's disobedience hindered the work of the Lord in verse 45. Just like our disobedience, our unconfessed sin can hinder our fellowship with God. It can hinder it. 
the work of Jesus was hindered, but not stopped. You see, Satan is always trying to hinder God's work in our life, those believers. He's always trying to get us to mess up some type of way, right? That's his job. He, that's, that's what he does until he's finally dealt with. He will always, always try to hinder the believer's uh, testimony, try to destroy it. And for the unbeliever, he will always try to give you a distorted view of who Jesus is. It will leave you unbelieving. So he wants to keep the unbeliever unbelieving, and he wants to keep the believer testimony hindered in our lives because it, it, what it does is that it hinders, it hinders our walk with Christ. But the good thing is that it doesn't stop it. In Philippians chapter 1, verses 6, it says, being confident of this, that he who begun a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So the work that God has started in you, even though Satan wants to hinder it by allowing, uh, by uh, uh, the disobedience, for allowing temptation, he wants to hinder it in our lives. Get this, know this, that Satan cannot stop what God will do in your life. Those who believe in Christ, you may have fallen. But God's hand is right there to pick you back up and to place you back into the race again. Satan can't stop it. He tried to stop Christ from dying on the cross. He thought he won. But good news, saints, he didn't win. He can't hinder the work of God. He can't hinder it in our life as well. Because the scripture says that being confident of this, that he who begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. The work that God has started in your life, God will complete it. In conclusion, in a sense, we are all people with leprosy because we have all been deformed by the ugliness of sin. My two favorite words, but God. But God, by sending his son, Jesus Christ, has touched us, given us the opportunity to be healed and saved from our sin. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you that no matter what we look like on the outside, how deformed we are, what we look like on the inside, how ugly our sin is, Lord God, you still have compassion on us. You still love us. You still can save us. You can cleanse us from every single disease, especially the disease of sin. Lord God, 
we ask you right now, Lord God, to touch us. For the unbeliever, we ask you, Lord God, to save them from their sin. For the believer, Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, for them, Lord God, to uh, continue to put their faith in you, knowing that, Lord God, that there's nothing that they can do that can bring condemnation on themselves because they are in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We honor you today. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.